Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. James, <laughs> the next uh, time we go to Six Flags, let's go together because I don't go on roller coasters either. Oh, okay. Okay. But, yeah. What do you do? I think, but, well, do you, but you I had a very fun time, the I think. Big pretzels. And, and the I junker's enjoy. car. <laughs> but Liz, the body can only handle so many pretzels. This is true. Hmm? Well, it's I can do roller coasters that don't have drops. Drops, like the idea of drops, mm. make me throw up. And if I'm already thrown that, in the line, I don't. I, then I don't get to throw up on the roller coaster. Roller coasters yeah. without drops are called trains. i do love that i do love trains i love trains that's it although the roller coaster is merely a train that has betrayed me We zoom out to the top deck of the Uhuru and to the repaired main furnace, the only appropriate vessel to say goodbye to your departed companions. To remind everyone fallen in this battle were Daisy of Daisy and Fuentes and Line Tender. And so the crew of the Uhuru as the furnace door is closed and the ship continues to rise into the sky and our furnaceer opens the flue to let in air to increase the heat of the burn and make the weave glow a brilliant crimson. The crew of the Uhuru is left collected on the deck and there is unfinished business to attend to. Unfinished business. Yes, indeed. This is something that like Oromar has had to do. I'm going to say this is maybe like the third time they've had to have this conversation. We've kind of established on on camera um, the first time because we've been flashing back to that throughout this kind of uh, this current mutiny. I think the second time, which we'll probably discover as we go forward, I don't think it's necessarily a mutiny, but it was a very big shaking of faith maybe kind of deal leaving the tempest Um, armada i I think mm. that is it like if you go hey we're gonna leave the tempest armada and everybody's like we were kind of ideologically on board to be part of this organization what are you talking about Mm. i can see that i can see that happening yeah so this is the third time that oromar has had to kind of have a a re-establishing of I'm not going to say reestablishing of faith, especially since we've after kind of off off the back of like thinking about the Church of the Slain God and how they handle faith in that kind of way. And Oromar really doesn't want to be that for their crew, but reestablishing camaraderie, maybe reestablishing an agreed upon a vision that people want to see fulfilled. I think is maybe mm. the best way of putting it because we 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 don't want to be dogmatic on this. We've I think so many people on the boat on the ship have like lived their life having to weather the dogma of others and then breaking away from that and then kind of never wanting to go back to that shit again. Um, so Oromar really doesn't want to kind of have to be an alternate pirate version of that. Just again, that doesn't fix anything. Whether they actually achieve that is a different matter, but but 
with the kind of like funeral concluded, there is a weird kind of like silence. Nobody really gets, I, I guess the funeral pyre, as it were, was in the kind of like furnace area of the ship. Yeah, but that I was in the, the furnace kind of, itself. Mm, but I think the the actual kind of like eulogies, especially for rail trender. Uh, line tender. Well, that's line tender. It, it was a nothing name. So <laughs> No, no, no. It's bad to not remember the members of my crew. This is Nathan being incompetent, <laughs> especially since they had eulogies. Mm-hmm. And I think that was somewhere else on the ship with seating because everybody crowding into the, the furnace to do that would be uncomfortable. And then we have a lot of people on the ship. So after the eulogies have concluded, there's a kind of like a weird silence that is unpunctuated by the boots of Oromar Vale very deliberately moving their way to the front. They didn't give a eulogy, and I don't think anybody expected Oromar to. Yeah. But uh, with this moment, Oromar comes up to the front, and there's a pause as... I think he, he spends a while thinking of specifically what he wants to kind of say and how to say it, because we are now in a very awkward position here. There's been multiple instances where Oromar has had to pass off the fact that they're not, they're deigning not to speak. Yeah, and, and this, like, part of that veil has, has slipped away. Mm-hmm. At the last grand fire, Travis admitted that Oromar has been dead and told the tale of the whole deed. And it has been something that the crew has kind of silently been adjusting to. There are strange things about this crew. You know, it might have made a bigger impression if moments before that, one of their number hadn't confessed to everyone that they had killed God. So, <laughs> you know, people people have mm. been sort of chewing through a lot. Mm. But yeah, now that excuse doesn't have to exist. Um, And I I have to imagine there is an echo of the man that Oromar thinks he is and the man that that he used to be in that his heavy footsteps, his presence is extended over this crowd. He is commanding the attention that he is used to commanding right now and in this moment. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a member of the crew. I would... Gable, are you okay being Oromar's, like, speech interpreter for those who don't know sign very well? Yes. So as this kind of conversation goes, Gable is kind of, like, giving the... Because I think think the orphans are also here, and uh, addressing them is also actually kind of important, Mm -hmm. um, because I have a feeling a lot of them have probably not been through this, but we'll, we'll do this in character. So, yeah, Oromar turns to the crew of the Uhuru and says, forgive me for uh, my lack of voice um, while under current circumstances, my speech has been taken from me and I am relearning the body I currently have. Somehow I have never felt stronger. Somehow I have never felt closer to the people that have worked alongside me for survival. Somehow, we have managed to have people infiltrate our community, try to poison it, and not even somehow, we definitely, assuredly managed to repel such a force from our ranks. When I left the Red Feather Syndicate, I vowed never to be caged again. And I offer that, I have always offered that to those who have joined the Uhuru. I think calling from the crowd, there there is a bit of a call and response of like old school Uhuru slogans of resistance. And uh, I think it is going to be Nodos. Nodos calls out, when we die. And everyone in the crew responds, we die with arms unbound. And like that space is made and Oromar is allowed to continue. However, as we continue to strengthen and improve the community that is the Uhuru, 
there are new faces, new voices who are unused to the darkest moments of being a Sky Corsair. And he kind of like casts an eye and a hand to some of the orphans. He casts an eye and a hand to Jonnet, who is one of our newest members and has been through like difficult stuff, but not this. This is this is different. This is uh, not just putting the uh, captains in a circle in danger. This could have, if it went wrong, put all of us in such a, a position. I can only apologize if today's events have been a ground-shaking shock to you and your reliance in the Uhuru being able to give you support and keep you safe. As such, when we next arrive at a safe port for repairs, I fully understand if those who do not want to choose this life would like to step away. I do not want to impinge this life on anybody. Once again, I will never cage any of you. Those who choose to be caged is a matter to survive have no place on the Uhuru. Rocco now knows that forever and in the next life. There is a silence that falls over the crowd as they receive these words. And the captain has offered to the crew of the Uhuru what is the right of every Corsair, but is sadly not the right of everyone who flies in the sky. The captain has offered a choice. This life and what you do with it, at least in the hands of a Corsair, is something that people opt into. They are dangers and threats that people actively accept. Each new challenge is one answered by a crew member's sentence. Something that, again, I had described as malfeasance in the past, which doesn't seem as cool as sentence right now, because sentence does both imply punishment from like an institutional standpoint, but also it's something that you get to say and speak. So I am going to retcon that. The little object that you destroyed that used to belong to the Red Feathers is now called a sentence from here into eternity. That's what we'll remember it as. Each gets to speak their sentence. And I think kind of instinctually, every full member of the Uhuru crew goes to clutch at the small token that they destroyed and branded with the Jolly Roger of the Uhuru that makes both their place in the crew, their ability to vote, and the thing that separates them from the rest of the world around them when they land at port. This is what allows them to choose. And this is also something that they can give up. And Nathan, did you have more that you wanted to say before people started to make a choice? Mm. I, I, I don't think Oromar is necessarily expecting people to immediately be like, I quit. So he continues. However, I must, I would be remiss of me to uh, not acknowledge the astounding achievements that we have succeeded together through adversity this day. And Oromar, I think, I won't say it all in character, but kind of like highlights what everybody has managed to do. Mm -hmm. um, Travis and the number of bodies that he was able to effortlessly slay. Um, Jonnet's, you know, game-changing uh, attack on the Silver Bullet's envelope. Gable's death-defying drops and control of the Uhuru, such se severe measures still have to be finally controlled, otherwise we would just crash straight into the ground. Even like individual members on the ship, like Nodos and Carlos and others who we didn't see on camera, but have specifically assisted the effort in helping not only themselves, but the entirety of the Uhuru crew survive. I thank you deeply. And Oromar deeply bows. And then as he bows, the 
asymmetrical purple cape, which he still had on, moves aside, and you see in that hand, he is clutching a really expensive bottle of rum from his personal quarters. Oh, the one that he was contemplating at the beginning of this arc. Mm. With a trained hand, I don't like, Dref didn't teach him to do this, but Oromar is so, in his soul, accustomed to being able to do this. He does this without actually having to think too hard. With one thumb, just pops the cork on it and it goes flying across the room like a bullet. And in one swift motion, leans back, chugs the entire thing in like three incredibly loud gulps. And with now Fluid having passed over his vocal cords and loosened them up to be able to say something, yells, Take flight! <laughs> and the crew answers those who were clutching their sentence, contemplating changing their fate, contemplating choose to face no more challenges, to stand no longer aside the captain who is brave and wise and also dead for being brave and for being wise. They hold that sentence, the thing that connects them to the crew, and they hold it aloft and shout together in unison, Take flight! I, I will draw a card. Mm-hmm. And it is, of course, the boat. <laughs> yeah, I had to see how much of the crew was going to stand around, especially after the things that you all have been through together, because mm-hmm. the, the most recent adventures are not inconsiderable adventures, folks. You have pissed off the young bloods. You fought the mariner. You faced a mutiny like you are sailing hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with the being that killed God and a man who returned from death. Well, the Uhuru has gone on many adventures that are the subject of stories in dockside bars all across Sphere. The tone of these adventures has shifted. And even for the brave pirates of the Uhuru, It was a question of uh, whether they would stay aboard. But of course, the boat represents opportunity, freedom, and labor. I don't think there is a soul remaining aboard the Uhuru that chooses to depart. But the boat, please. The boat Shut does leave. The, the ship itself is gone, and now everybody just it has to jump down together. Yeah. Oh. Get up. Uh. The boat leaves. Shut up, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> That's about. Uh, but but yeah, I I, I I don't know. This this feels like a, a sudden cut to raucous partying, IMO. But I don't know how y'all feel about it. <laughs> yeah. What I I think it is. Everybody holds up their sentence, shouts, take fight, and Spit goes, Now, now, hold on one moment. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this official. Um, And Spit uh, presents a chest. I want every vote counted. And once your vote's counted, we can celebrate our inauguration of reinstating our former captain after a period of being temporarily deceased. <laughs> um, and one by one, members of the Uhuru crew approach the chest and drop in their sentence. And of course, even without Travis doing the accounting, we do discover at the end of the day that they have all chosen to remain on the crew and a raucous party begins. 
And this is like a raucous party after, you know, going to a town that was nothing but raucous parties. But again, the Uhuru grabbed a bunch of supplies from a ship they defeated. So like, there is rum to be drunk. There is food to be eaten. And there's some steam that must be blown off. It is certainly what Daisy and Line Tender would have wanted. So yeah, a raucous party. Um, now, Nathan, you had mentioned that there was something that you were planning on doing earlier, and I'm wondering, is the party the proper venue for it? It's probably the the morning after, like a, 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 la- a lazy Sunday morning afternoon where we're kind of like, hey, we probably need to spend a day actually recuperating before we start moving ourselves over to getting repaired because the breather is necessary, I think, for everybody's phys- physical condition as well. There was a lot of fighting. <laughs> so we pro- there's probably a decent amount of people that might need to actually physically recover for a day before we get get moving properly. So it's not necessarily in the party itself, especially one of the things I want to ask Jonet about. Fair enough. Well, then, folks, I will need to just know one thing about what you're doing at this party. How's this party going? What time is it? Hey, Dawn's going to break pretty soon. In the (laughs) mid-party, Dawn is going to break. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean snake grave let's go right is there he's a bunny right now at this point we've kind of let it all out yeah i will say that we haven't seen it to the extent that it will exist for people like gable and oromar but with their secrets being out there will be consequences for that um Mm -hmm. and should you reveal your secret even to your crew there will be consequences and it's fine for you to accept them. Just know they will exist and I will have a lot of fun with them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the last thing I want is for you to have fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I wrote a whole book of consequences. I actually paid somebody to write this book of consequences. It was a lot of money. It's very good. Some of the is going to publish it next year. <laughs> rich details. Well, they'll publish it if it gets to show up on the show. So, Johnny, what, what, what's it going to be? I will not reveal my horrible dark secret, but what I will do is gather a group of people around. God damn it. And I'm going to I want to I'm going to start shuffling my deck <laughs> and I'm going to say uh I'd like to show you all a trick. <laughs> and I I want to do I want to make like I'm doing a magic trick with my Illimat deck. Of course. So, yes, there are clearly a bunch of orphans gathered around. Um, now, as Nathan has all ma- made us just too self-conscious to, to be uh, British orphans. Hey, if they're all British orphans, if that's the kind of, you know, if it makes Oromo. <laughs> no, 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 that's too easy on you. That's too little, easy on you. Little French boys and girls. <laughs> Let us see this magic, Let us Travis. See, see the magic, please. Keep promising magic. Two, I want to see magic. Okay, so Where it's two it? French orphans and the chef from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> but which one's the chef? An adult. They're all bad. <laughs> um, well, now now Nathan has to get on the floor with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, um, yeah, this. Uh... Well, let's see what you can do then. You, you 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 talk a lot of talk, but let's see if you can actually wow us. I suppose. Shows the magic. Shows the magic. <laughs> I'm waiting. This life is so short. Um, You're an adult. You're a full grown man. <laughs> yes, but I did lose my parents. You're too an orphan. Oh, You're too. You're two adults standing on top of each other's shoulders <laughs> under a gigantic <laughs> trench coat. You're too. Your classic activity. Of You're an eleven orphan. feet tall. <laughs> So this big. 11 feet tall orphan is more of a magic trick than what you're currently doing. <laughs> okay, okay. Susie Magic. Please, pick a card. Hmm. This one. I, ch- I choose the river. Okay, okay great. Uh, now, 
You shouldn't have told me, but we can work with oh, it. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I put my card back in the deck I... and I back away. Um, okay, so Travis, like, shuffle. He's shuffling. I put my card in. Okay, great. Three cards have been selected. <laughs> And no, but I have another card. Okay, then mine is mine. no longer the river. Okay, no, so mine's, two mine's cards have been selected, and you have put an additional card into yes. my deck that was with, with a different back. Yeah. So the trick is going to be a little easier. Okay, so I have a full <laughs> deck of Illamat cards and one Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lego sizes. <laughs> Um, okay, so Travis makes a big, big flourish and intentionally pulls out an incorrect card. It is none of the cards that the children have selected. This is not Exodia. Give me you that fool. right leg. Medigo. You more buffoon. like Meta no magic. This is not. This is not your oh, card. I'm tired. No. And then, uh, just at that moment, a cloud of smoke. <laughs> and where Travis Madigo once stood is now a rabbit. <gasps> oh my god. And all the correct cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's just chewing. Yeah. The cards. yeah. Hey, 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 stop it, stop it. No. This is the most incredible thing I have ever seen. It is the butcher. <gasps> now it's the head of Exodia. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to pet the bunny then. Uh, oh, I wouldn't do that. It's very mean. And then <laughs> then Travis collects his cards and hops away and grabs a drink on the way up. <laughs> How does he do any of those <laughs> I can see him picking up the cards in his little rabbit mouth, but the drink... Okay, he hops over to, to the, the nearest <laughs> gable... The nearest Gable. The nearest Gable. Uh, well, that uh, just happens to be Gable. Oh, nice. So that's a coincidence. That's a fun coincidence. Hey, can you what? can you do me a solid and grab a drink and bring it with you to to my bunk for me so I can drink as a bunny? <laughs> you can't do it here. I could just put a drink on the ground and you can. Well, I think people will get suspicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. More so than you talking to me right now in the open with your mouth, right? Well, every it looks to everyone else like you're talking to a rabbit. So you kind of look like yeah, the weird one here. You're talking right now. You're talking right now. We don't have a mind link. You're talking. <laughs> look at me. I'm Gable, and I can throw my voice. That's a really useful skill that for people. Wow. Gable is right. doing magic. <laughs> no. No, Gable's, Gable's really impressive with their ventriloquism because I sense a real animosity between them and their dummy. I think that's most ventriloquist acts, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I believe this one. It, it seems like Gable's always an inch away from taking that thing and just hurling it overboard. Such uh, artistry, method acting, honestly. I'm I'm not going to bring you a drink because I don't want to leave the party. That's unfair to me. But what I am going to oh, do... Oh, but please drink a glass of water while you make this. Yes, go, go. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to strap a <laughs> a water skin <laughs> and belt it to Travis really really tight <laughs> but he doesn't have hands so it's like sticks out like right here at his neck so all he can do is lick <laughs> at it like a hamster that's probably the safest too for a rabbit because th- I can't imagine their bodies can take that much alcohol uh, so mm. yeah that's pretty great so you, you have a fun weird time by yourself Okay, thank you for watching my show. I'm Gable. This was my show. Hold up. All right. Marvelous. 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 Thank you so much. Um, Incredible. Thank you. Uh, So, that was the show. (laughs) Would you like to see... Dancing? Yes, of course. (laughs) Okay, well, Mm. that's not exactly the, the request. Hey, so... So, uh... <laughs> we're just we're just staring at you, waiting for you to stop throwing shapes. This, this Ten is, this full is minutes pass. A very uncomfortable, like pointed conversation wants to be had at me, but Gable doesn't have the social niceties to like 
get out of it politely, so they're just like, <laughs> go, go, leave, leave I wonder when they're going to start dancing. Leave, leave. I would love you to leave me alone right now. I would love to. That was a, that was a pretty great setup, I and I kind of just expected them to hit that one out of yes, the park. Really I know why. Look at the, the length two, of their two, limbs. They must be amazing one, at breakdancing. Three, damn. Should we start dancing? Oh, is someone dancing here? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> this this man. <laughs> well, well, all right. Uh, I mean, we can we can start one. Um, no, but I can't yeah. start they, they Stop throwing shapes. I don't know if the robot exists in, in it's, uh, it's as the, a dance style, but it does now. It's called the uh, automaton whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like fucking what a it's, the automaton. I love that. That's good. It's the dead man. It's the oh, dead man, man because there are famously weird janky zombies that are like kind of a taboo. Mmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you wanted me to dance? Okay, I can dance. I'm not gonna dance. Okay, alright. <laughs> okay, 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 alright. <laughs> Got to admit, that's a pretty big disappointment. How does this Gable manage to be such a killjoy at their own celebration party? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you have to set your own limits, even if it means you're not going to be the fun one. Sometimes it means you're not going to be the cool guy and you're not going to say the funny thing, but sometimes you just don't want to dance, and I'm saying I don't want to dance, okay? Gable, I would call you one of my closest friends. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> this is Wendell. This is, okay, good. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He was wearing he was wearing a hat with tassels on it. Let me just Yeah, let me just pull these tassels back. Amazing. Is that I, canon now? <laughs> I lost uh I lost a bet and I had to wear one of the tassel hats. The tassel that's hat. A, yeah. Uh, what, it's a pretty one of our big five tassel hats that we share amongst the crew and whenever everyone's gotten pranked or lost a bet. Yeah, that's a big D plot uh, that got cut from this arc um, that we're calling back to right now. But yeah, we're, I'm wearing the tassel hat because Who's of the Who's got the fourth tassel hat? That's the one that's cursed with a by a mage. That's the D plot. That's the D plot. We skimmed over it, which is a real shame because there are going to be some late game plot consequences for that whole thing. And there were um, multiple books written with that information in it that we'll just never <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that i paid a lot of very talented freelancers for their time and effort Wendell, you paid freelancers that's so nice of you <laughs> yeah gable i'd call you one of my closest friends uh uh and so i say this with a heart full of love and mm-hmm. generosity mm-hmm. the frequency with which you commit to not being fun like intentionally yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's maybe something that you should be a little worried about. Yeah. Am I? I'm. I'm grateful that uh, it. What well, that wasn't the case on my bachelor party weekend. I don't understand why during a party we're doing it again. We're 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 saying, well, now is the time not to be fun. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the you thing know. is, a character is a pattern of behavior, right? And. <laughs> Uh, for some people, it's just a voice that's not even consistent all the time. No, not really. It's uh, uh, me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else on the Uhuru <laughs> raises their hand, <laughs> and sometimes not uh, me. <laughs> that's a character full, uh, full, fully grown. Uh, but sometimes you have pattern of behavior. And you can say that again. You switch between because sometimes you think that the character style that you're playing is just not fun to listen to. And so you you swild, swing wildly between the two. But and then sometimes you hit these walls, right? Where you're like, I didn't have an idea here, so I just said a thing. And uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that happens pretty frequently. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, if you catch me later, maybe I'll be on more on top of my game and we'll be able to have fun. But for now, the, uh, you can't say a pattern has not been established. No one can say I'm a bad actor. Uh, <laughs> Captain Oromar actually walks up and says out loud, um, are, are you uh, explaining the uh, nature of your character arcs to the or, to the rest of the crew again? It's, yes. a, it's a very elaborate pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will kill God again, which I did before. 
And we cut the D-plot for this. This is what we cut the D-plot for. So I hope everybody's happy. Let's go over to Jonathan. Let's look over at Jonathan real quick. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I've got good news. This is not the last episode of the arc. Uh, we have one more episode coming to you next week. However, that episode is going to be a half-length episode. Casey sent me a message earlier today letting me know that we had an hour and a half of audio left. I figured instead of making Casey do a bunch of extra work, we would have a half-size episode next week with a full-size post-arc wrap-up with me. Sort of like what I did for Bouja Neath and Nordia and so many other arcs. I'm just going to sit down and talk to you about kind of my notes for this arc, what I was trying to achieve, the cool things that happened that were unexpected, just those good behind-the-scenes details. Now remember, after our arc comes to a close, Skyjax is going on a short-term hiatus. At least the main story for Skyjax will be. The Skyjax feed is still going to have content for you. We'll be posting episodes of All My Fantasy Skyjax, where we team up with the good folks from All My Fantasy Children and Drew Merzieski from Skyjax Courier's Call, and do some good world building, creating new lore for the world of Sphere. I know it can suck to wait for a new episode of your favorite story, believe me, I love podcasts and I am a big actual play fan, but there are a bunch of reasons we're doing this hiatus. First and foremost, in January, I'm going to be having a baby, uh, which is going to make my schedule a little bit more unpredictable, and I don't want that to make the Skyjack's release schedule more unpredictable. So we're taking some time so we can get ahead of our process on both recording and editing. Also, in this next arc, music and editing are going to play a big role. The edit for this arc is going to be very technical. And because of that, we wanted to give Casey plenty of time to do it so he doesn't stress himself out when he does it. The wait might be tough, but I know the final product is going to be worth it. And I cannot wait to share it with you. We've, we've already recorded a few sessions of this new arc, and there's some good stuff in there. But if you happen to be a Patreon backer, you won't have to miss Story because we're currently releasing Skyjack's Azure Blues on Patreon. Skyjack's Azure Blues is a bonus series starring myself, Patrick Rothfuss, and Amy Vorpal following the adventures of Jolly Jack, Margaret, and Jolly Jack's secondhand person, Jerace. And that's up on the Secret Archive right now. Of course, all of that is made possible by our backers on Patreon. The One Shot Network and all the shows on it are entirely funded by our supporters. Those folks are listeners just like you who have gone to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and signed up to give us a small amount of money each month. We put that money right back into production, providing higher quality audio for our episodes by getting equipment, doing edits, and of course, paying the people involved in this show. The more patrons we have, the more we can do, and the easier it is on everyone who makes this show. Currently, we have a Skyjax bonus series, Skyjax Azure Blues, coming out on our Patreon. It stars myself, Patrick Rothfuss, and Amy Vorpal, following Jolly Jack, Margaret, and Jolly Jack's right-hand person, Jerace. Also, our backers at the $10 level and higher are going to be able to submit new Dear Uhurus. We're also currently generating a new list of backer names to thank. If you joined our Patreon before June of 2021 and you haven't heard your name on air yet, be sure to reach out to us through the Patreon message system. You can also do that if I happen to pronounce your name wrong, or if your name has changed and you would like your new name read on air. We'll have the new list of backer thank yous, I, I think, by sometime in January, around when we're going to be resuming the main series Skyjacks episodes. Depending on our production timelines, that's a little flexible. I will announce it on this feed when I know for certain main series episodes are coming back. But like I said, you should be getting weekly episodes of some variety anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. I feel like uh, it, in, in times like this, like, Jonnet wants to try rope. Like, oh, and, and I feel like he's going to go to Nodos. Nodos, I'm kind of, would it be okay if I had some of your rope? Is that, if it's not cool, I totally understand, but I don't know. I was kind of. No, Jonnet, at, at this time in your life, it is natural for a young child such as yourself to want to experiment with the possibilities that life has to offer. Be warned, though. This can show you things. Show you things not just about yourself, but about the universe that you may not be prepared to learn. It lowers your inhibitions. It expands your mind to the point that Maybe you're feeling like you're a very close friend with someone, and you've been friends for a long time. And one of the things that you've come to appreciate is the open intimacy that you can share between each other. And that's really important to you. Jonathan notices And in that a lot of ways, it always is. He's currently taking a drag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just get hungry. <laughs> I... Too am hungry, <laughs> but hungry for something different than the the food of of of, of flesh and fruit. Wow, man, that's and deep. Is that a hunger to be indulged? Is that a risk worth taking? Is not the bounty of friendship something valuable more so than gold? Nodos has has wandered over to the nearest like window and is just like staring out. <laughs> it's the top deck of the Uhuru does just have a window built onto it for like for for like moody anime moments yeah, when you need yeah, to like yeah. sit on a windowsill and stare at the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it well? What if I just did like one? Uh, I'd super recommend, like, just one. Because <laughs> when it hits, oh, boy. Is there, like, an is there a name for this rope, this particular kind of rope? Fuck, of course there is. <laughs> um, uh, I, bet, is, I bet each one is named after a different kind of knot. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And this uh, one's slip knot. This is figure eight. Oh. And so, uh, a good starter. <laughs> uh, John, it kind of takes it. He considers it, smells it. Is it already lit? Yeah, yeah. We'll say okay. we'll say it's lit. Just... And he gives probably the an, an experience. Like Nodos would probably see this and think to himself, like, "Oh, that kid didn't really hit that thing." But he takes like a very like small drag, like holds it, kind of. Thanks, Nodos. Nodos takes it back. Remember, this path is never forbidden to you, but it is one, especially at this time in your life, that you should tread lightly as your brain is still developing. And we, at this podcast, do don't really don't recommend down the camera that teenagers... <laughs> Mm. I under again. I totally understand the allure. Don't want to be a buzzkill or right. a bummer. It's right. just let that mind come into its own. Yeah, you got to finish you... up here. Okay. Yeah. Do the, don't do poke the around in it. Do the drugs. Work at an ice cream store. Do whippets. <laughs> it, it's a it's a difference between Johnny O'Mara and the person you want to be. <laughs> that decision is going to be yours. But here's the thing: I got... never did drugs. And I'm a fucking bozo, so oh, you should have. You should. I should have done drugs. I wasted. I wasted my best drug doing years not doing drugs. I don't know. You drink a lot of PBR Easy. That's a drug unto itself. I drank so much PBR Easy they discontinued it. 
They ran out. Yeah. <laughs> they did that for your benefit. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta stop. Gotta stop. And so Jonathan does that, and then he kind of like makes his way to the front of the ship. He's very cordial with folks and like, you know, trying to keep up a good time. And then he gets to the front and then he kind of takes his spot at the broken statue at the front of the Uhuru. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of like sits and just kind of takes in the course that we are uh, headed. I'm so, so glad to figure out how this happens because you did accidentally, Tyler, uh, trigger the plot event that I had prepared for you this session. Uh, never mind. Uh, so, so there's the a- loom, <laughs> toil, obligation, and sacrifice. You are trying to relax. That is kind of one of the reasons that you decided to experiment a little bit with rope. You have put yourself in a familiar place aboard the Uhuru. This is a position that to you at one time represented the endless possibilities of adventure. And I guess this is happening at the same time that Travis was doing his magic act. You can see the horizon in front of you and the sunrise starting to peek up over it. You watch the light roll lazily over the landscape ahead and see unfortunately a place where you know the the land meets the sea and on your left side you can see that that hand is trembling and so you take a deep breath and try and steady yourself. And in doing that, you can feel your heart beating in your chest and the rhythm of that establish itself with you once more as the lines from the poem that was taught to you in pieces at first by Traveler Kwan and then by Hawano mixes with the images and, and facts that have been swirling in your mind, the measurements that you've taken using Oromar's instruments, the specific equations that Oromar has taught you to plug that information into. It all blends together with the lyrics. And after all of that effort and all of the very difficult sacrifice that you've made for the crew, putting yourself in danger time and time again, not even just for the crew, for strangers that you've never met. For Hawano, you danced with the bandit queen to, you know, hope win him the honor of being able to establish his school. For the people of Nordia, you faced the mariner himself, and that is the second time you did it because you faced the mariner before at Bujanith. I think the, the tripping of the rhythm, the, the, the rolling stress through your shaky breath as you try to calm yourself, that disrupts the rhythm enough to make all of these things click into place. And suddenly, you know the heading. You know where the Uhuru is going. Yeah, I feel like there's this moment of peace Jonnet has. He's looking over the horizon. He's looking at the sunset. And we see him just kind of taking that in. He's got the most minimal buzz possible. And... We see him kind of like as the sun is getting to the point where it's like we see it start to rise up and sort of envelop him. He closes his eyes and just kind of takes in the warmth of the sun. And then we see a very slow opening of his third eye. And then it like like kind of opens and then pulses like with a quick flash of light. And then it closes and then his eyes open again and he's like oh shit or fuck what do we have a uh do we, what's the ballast, sphere equivalent right? of shit ballast um, ballast is one of the swears though yeah. we want more swears i love swears but we can just put more swears ba I, no i'm gonna ballast ballast mm -hmm. yeah oh feet <laughs> no mm -mm. <laughs> It's worse than the f word really <laughs> uh so then yeah we we see that Eye closes and his eyes open and oh, ballast. 
and he goes to get up, sees the the party still kind of going, and then he kind of sits back down. He's like, "Tomorrow, we'll do that tomorrow." And so tomorrow comes. <laughs> now what, asshole? No we- <laughs> 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 oh, shit, uh, Johnny hits snooze again. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're cutting away from John. We're cutting away from John because I don't want to stand in the way of Nathan's cool idea any longer. That's right. So yes, the next day we see Oromar in his his study again. And he's rummaging through one of the bookshelves away from Jonnet's star-watching bookshelf because we've established a zone for that now, no longer using additional spare books as steps to get up to the higher shelves. And he pulls one of the books from it and opens it. And rather than it being an existing text, it's a notebook that it seems in the earlier pages he had been writing ideas in. And then after he died, he continued to try. Mm. Uh, Some of those pages are gibberish garbage because the motor skills weren't really there to be able to actually note those ideas down. And as we flick through, they get slightly more coherent until eventually he stops on one and the heading the camera can see says, The Levitating Jacket. And he nods to himself, snaps the notebook shut and puts it inside his coat. He knows with the adventures that have happened since his adventures post being dead having observed the trials and tribulations of his crew they have encountered many wondrous and interesting things and those could maybe be put to unique uses if only it took a startlingly brilliant handsome black pirate mind to put it together it's a shame that so many stuff like so much stuff in life takes exactly that (laughs) it's like it's such rare supply i was so close to volunteering (laughs) (laughs) get out with that with with, no, wait, with, with the that. doors over here. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll do John at last because I guess John also has a thing to raise. But let's go and see Gable first. If you will, Gable, Oromar tries to catch you at a time where you're tending to the birds. And you can correct me if this is if this is this is silly nonsense. Obviously, the birds are huge and not like falcon size but i still kind of picture you normally having like falconer's accoutrement on you like you need the big padded gloves and things like that so you know especially around lucas doesn't tear your arm off (laughs) yeah i think what we're also doing we're setting up a little like growing house for a little hummingbird so Mm. so we're setting up like yeah yeah. little fruits did we get a baby no, bird perfect. or was it an egg? But do we have to feed it with Actually, a little Actually, this eye is Nathan's. Dropper? This is Nathan's call. Uh, I, I think I like the idea of it being. If, oh, I. If it's okay. an egg, Gable Can does have to sit ha- on it. <laughs> <laughs> Can the egg hatch at like the end yes. of the ceiling? Oh. I think that'd be a really nice way Love of it. tying that. So, oh, yeah, okay, we, okay. We set up like a warming station, so and like sun is streaming in, so we can like kind of have it be a lamp. Yeah. I, I do need to then point out. This egg is gold. That is a a fact about griffin eggs. Every bird in its lifetime that lays eggs will lay one golden egg. And if the bird inside that hatches and is viable, it has the potential to become a griffin. It will Mm. need to be able to, you know, eat in excess, be able to consume enough resources to grow to many times its natural size. So when a golden egg is found, it is an extremely valuable thing. Mm. And uh, if it is tended and and cared for carefully, it will grow someday to be a griffin. Oh, imagine the foie gras Mm -hmm. from a goose griffin. (laughs) Duh. A goose griffin (laughs) would like destroy civilizations. So I, yeah. Yeah. Please, somebody go hack Untitled Goose Game and just scale. Oh my god! <laughs> times its size. Anyway, anyway, that's a thought for another time. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Oromar goes up to, to Gable while you're working on the kind of like hatchery and says to you without sound like sign language, "Good, good afternoon, Gable. Um, how are things going along?" Oh, um, 
mostly well. I found some concerning bones in Lucas's cage, but <laughs> huh. quite a, he's I quite see. stained, but I've learned he has his own adventures and we're just part of his story. <laughs> well, all of the members of our crew were present and accounted for at the counting yesterday. So, so unless, unless uh, Lucas decided that uh, he wanted a midnight snack between then and now, I can safely assume it is not one of ours. Fingers crossed. You never know. Mm-hmm. You hear like a sloshing from Oromar, like audibly. Gable ignores this politely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in order to be able to continue speaking, Oromar has retained the rum water mix that he ingested at the kind of like take flight from before mm-hmm. and is using gradually like, so fun science fact, the reason that we can kind of swallow our food even while upside down is due to a muscle movement called peristalsis, uh, where your, your, you know, the, the, the muscles in your esophagus push your food down in one direction. That's no longer a requirement for Oromar, who no longer needs to eat. Uh, so he's been kind of like using that to slowly push up small amounts of liquid oh. to his throat area to be able to wet his throat again. <sighs> At some point, because he has no, no muscle movement really to control, if he's tipped upside down, well, all that water would probably fall out of his mouth again and would be a bad time. Hilarious. Um, so the other would probably <laughs> evaporate the over time up. and he'd need to do it again. You better avoid all <laughs> the bullies who want your lunch money on the ship. <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> but for now, he's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad everything is going well. I'm very excited to see how this potential griffin will progress. I I had a bit of an inkling of something that I wanted to work on as a personal project. I wasn't able to invest in it at the time due to other reasons outside of my control. Ah. But, uh, he says without smiling, even though he intended to, I was hoping that I could maybe borrow some resources of yours. Uh, Do you happen to have something, uh, a protective glove, a grieve that I can uh, borrow from from the hatchery hold? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I thought it was going to be so much bigger or or more frightening (laughs) or more expensive. I don't know. So uh, Gable goes to get both of the greaves are pretty bloody right now because we've been Mm -hmm. feeding the the birds that eat meat, like raw meat. Mm -hmm. And Gable tries to wipe them off on some hay and it's not quite working and like apologetically holds it out to you. Sorry. They're yucky. Yeah. I, I, I think if, uh, Oromar was alive, they probably would like sniff with the reproach at the smell of, you know, fresh blood on the gloves, but, uh, Oromar can't do that. So just takes the gloves from you and is like, uh, yes, this, this, this glove will do nicely. And absentmindedly throws the other one on the ground. He only takes one, <laughs> um, but is oh. like, "Yes, yeah, so this this will do. Still this will do nicely." Need this one. Um, Put this away. I uh, I hope that the current um, piloting circumstances and everything for the for the ship is going well. You do seem to have uh, something of a hot streak when it comes to piloting. Did you pick that up from Bougenith? Uh It's it has been truly remarkable how I've overcome my lack of inherent skill in this to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend uh, training up. That's why I've been doing the trainings because I don't feel like it is uh, truly within my soul to pilot the ship. And so we have lots of different options, but yes, yeah, so far going good. Well, I would say that we all continue to grow and learn as we proceed, but I suppose neither of us will be doing any form of growing anytime soon. He signs for laughter because he tra- he, he realizes that trying to laugh genuinely, even in this state, would come off as incredible. Would just be ha 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 ha, and he <laughs> or just like a yeah. gurgling of the whiskey that's like curly in. Oh his yeah, it would sound very bad. So he just signs for laughter instead. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I've always known, but if you need any advice on that particular... Being forever? Indeed, I might. Travis and I have two unique approaches that one could say neither of them are quite the healthiest, but if you ever have any questions, uh, yes. let me know. Uh, I would be um, rather, I don't know, intimidated to go and ask how Travis's survival methods of being infinite are. Uh, 
the less you know and the more you imagine, the more accurate it becomes, you know? Just mm-hmm. like what think of the worst thing and then yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I I think we get like a little kind of like cartoon <laughs> drawing thought bubble of Raven Travis being like, I am a different bird and being attacked and then immediately regenerating. I am a different bird being attacked in a different way and immediately regenerating. It sounds like a very exhausting way to keep living. I've always... He does have a choice in the matter. And he chooses it every day. (laughs) Well, then, I suppose on that note, I should probably go see how our ex-quartermaster is doing. I'm doing a bit of the rounds today, you understand. Look, 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 look. It's starting to happen. Oh. Oh, goodness. Arma leans in, like, you know, hands on knees leaning in to try and keep a crane of it. And it probably looks really scary, like just looms, zooms into camera on the lean in. But yeah, we get the kind of like little crack of the egg. What color is this thing? Oh my gosh. Can it be like a black and iridescent kind of thing? Like it's black feathers, but the kind of where it counts, it's a, oh, angel feathers are all like black white and gold right that's like the 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 general color scheme of a lot of angels huh yeah black white gold silver is is kind of what they got so mm. this can be a special like uh metallic looking sphere hummingbird we, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think the the color of the feathers uh, make you think of make you think of angels just a little bit. The color isn't exact; it's not the right kind of gold. It's maybe a, a more bluey shade of black than would be on an actual feather I that you recognize. But like the idea that when this hummingbird beats its wings, it creates like the look of flames and eyes that most angels have when when they appear with their celestial forms in in a mortal plane so like that is just like a weird evolutionary adaptation that this hummingbird has is they look like little angels zipping around so most predators don't fuck with them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very cool wild we, we get a little like a encyclopedia book cut in as it flips to a page and we have like seraphic hummingbird yes lands on, so terrifying perfect so oh. that answers the question of all the listeners who i guess we got to put that horse girl sting back in here We've learned that, yes, there are indeed fictional birds that exist in the world of Sphere and, and Skyjack. So so there you have oh, it. Oh, is that a thing that didn't exist before? Have I ruined it? Hey, hey, we've I'm got sorry. it now. Have ruined it? No. <laughs> Not at all. You have enhanced it. You've given us new f- birds to play with. We love birds. Okay. Yeah. We love birds. Uh, yeah. hey, what if there's a new bird festival in the next place that we go to? <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. These are weird birds, though. They're not normal yeah. birds. Yeah. They're weird in a different way. These birds are fucked mm. up. <laughs> oh, it is cute. I'll, I'm happy to maintain it while it grows until it can fly, and then you're. Uh, it will need to imprint on you eventually, but we'll yes. cross that bridge. I, 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 I would like to try and be as... Um, hands-on as I can, probably not um, necessarily physically. I don't have much pressure control, and this thing is very small. small, yes. But I will do my best. Please teach me well when it comes to aviary bird-keeping, Gable. Quick question. Am I going to get that glove back, or is it gone forever? It's gone forever. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> just, just as uh, I didn't need to know, I'll order another one. Well, he he uh, he, he he says in a kind of careful, with a careless, and maybe a little uh, elaborate twist in the hand. Well, you may see it again, but not in the form you saw it. <gasps> Gable squeals like it's like, oh, I just got ooh. <laughs> And with that, he whirls. Yes, yes. With a with a turn of the dreads, he moves away. <laughs> love it, love it. I was it. so proud of this. Like, I got it. He's doing a magic. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sky
Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like. And then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery Podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Skyjack's Courier's Call, an all-ages-friendly actual play podcast set in the world of Sphere. Skyjack's Courier's Call follows three teens as they set out as new apprentices aboard an airship with the Swiftwell Courier Service, bringing mail and adventure across the world. Featuring Drew Merzieski, Palomi Pertap, Aaron Catano Saez, and Ali Grauer, and using the Cortex Prime system, this show is perfect for anyone just getting started listening to actual plays, and veterans of the tabletop genre alike. Join clever but anxious Kieran, bold, fast-talking Cece, and the loyal and strong June aboard the Red Audrin ship as they sort and deliver mail, encounter powerful magic, and learn the proper skills of an Ariner along the way. Right wrongs, do mercies, and take flight. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. He also co-stars and consults on Showtime's Work in Progress. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists, and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. To the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.